0: In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, please, says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. For he, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. That's a lot in that one little phrase, God the Father. By His amazing love for humanity, God the Father, on the cross, Jesus was hanging, and God the Father took our sin, and on that cross, Jesus was made to be our sin. So Jesus was made to be sin for us. The phrase in Scripture, in New Testament language, for us, is always referring or referencing substitutionary work, which means that Jesus was taking our place. Jesus on the cross took your place. God identified with humanity When Jesus got in a body, he became a man, literally became man. He was a man, Christ Jesus, the mediator between God and me and the man, Christ Jesus. So Jesus became a man, took on a body of flesh and blood so that he could actually go through death and experience death for us in our place. Here it says he was made to be sin for us. In our place, in our stead, he was made to be sin for us as our substitute. Well, then he tasted death. In other words, he tasted the penalty for sin. In Hebrews 2.9, it says, he tasted death for every man. So now he has been made sin for every man. He has tasted death for every man. And, of course, you could use that song that was just sung, He didn't just die. Hallelujah. He was justified according to 1 Timothy 3 and verse 16. He was justified in spirit. He was justified in spirit. He was raised to life. He was seen of angels. So Jesus Christ not only did the part of being made sin and Dying for us and suffering for us. But Jesus, by God's amazing plan, was raised again from the dead and triumphed over our adversary, the enemy, the devil. Hallelujah. Satan is now a defeated foe. Satan is now stripped of his authority. He is stripped of his authority and his power over your life. Why? Because Jesus did it in your place when he was raised from the dead. So Jesus is Lord. All right, so there's much that can be said about this subject, but I want to focus in on the next part here. It says, He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. So once a person is born again, once a person is saved, different terminology, meaning the same thing. Once a person receives eternal life, these are all scriptural terms, but re- referencing the same experience salvation, uh, being born again, receiving eternal life. Uh, at that moment, you receive this gift of righteousness. When you're saved, the moment you are saved, the moment you call on the name of Jesus, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Romans 10 and verse 13, right? Whoever, anyone can, everybody won't, but somebody will, and you did. And there are many others that will. When the gospel is preached. All right, so Jesus was literally made sin so that we could literally be made righteous. Now, another translation says God made him share our sin so that we then could share by our union with him his righteousness. So that we could share His righteousness. Sharing His righteousness means that you share the same righteousness. Actually, it says it, I was paraphrasing it, God made Him share our sin in order that in union with Him, we might share the righteousness of God. And then, Ways translation says, might become by our union with him the very righteousness of God. We might become the very righteousness of God. Black Welder says in the latter part of the verse, by trusting him we might be recipients of, the God, of God's kind of righteousness. That we might be recipients we would receive God's kind of righteousness. Now, righteousness, Bullinger says it this way, is a right state of which God is the standard. In other words, God has a standard of righteousness that no one in their own good works or efforts could attain to or meet. No one could get it by their Self-effort and their good works. So if they cannot get it by their self-effort. And their good works. And all of the good deeds. And we, we celebrate good deeds. We celebrate all the good things that people do. Whether they're saved or not saved. If they're doing something good to, hum, uh, to help humanity. We're grateful. We're thankful for everything they do. But that does not save an individual. That does not make them a Christian that does not make them uh, a believer in Jesus, or or cause them to be saved or go to heaven because they did a lot of good things for humanity, because the way to heaven is only one way. Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." And no one comes to the Father except through me. So there's one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. And the only way he could become that way is that he would die in our place. He would suffer in our place. He would be made sin in our place. He would pay the penalty for man's sin in our place, in our stead, as our substitute. And when he did, God said, Justify But when God justified Jesus, he was actually justifying humanity. In other words, he was taking the place of all of humanity. And so now, when God declared they're justified, he was taking care of the sin of all of the human race, past, present, and future. So God took care of business. And Jesus paid the full penalty. And so the reality is when we receive Jesus Christ, we become recipients of the God kind of righteousness. Or the kind of righteousness that God has. Or we could say it as other versions say it, the righteousness of God. If it is indeed the righteousness of God, then it is God's righteousness. And there is no higher standard than God and no higher standard than God's righteousness. So then, when you get born again or you receive Jesus, you receive this, uh, what the scriptures call, gift of righteousness. When you receive the gift of righteousness, then uh, you didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. You didn't do a lot of good deeds to receive it. And then finally God said, okay, you're good enough now. No, you came just as you were. The old song Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. So there's only one way, and that is through the cross of Jesus Christ. It is through the blood of Jesus Christ. When we take communion, we're acknowledging his body that was broken for us. We're acknowledging his blood that was shed for us. We're remembering his death until he comes. So we're acknowledging something that Jesus has done for us that is so precious. So we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So it's not a lesser righteousness than God's righteousness because it is God's righteousness. Or it is not a lesser grade. You know, you you could think of, uh, uh, let's just say, uh Ladies, a dress could be made out of a certain material, polyester. A dress could be made out of silk, right? 100% cotton. Or some of the finest material that you can find in the world. There's different levels of grades. A car could be worth, you know, $12,000. And a car could be worth $500,000. I can't say it's necessarily worth paying $500,000 for But the reality, there's all different grades of whatever material thing that you could think of. There's all different levels. A home uh, could be a $100,000 home. Not here anymore. but uh, Or it could be a $20 million or $100 million home. So there's all different levels. But God, he doesn't just say, okay, y'all, I'm going to give you a 25 percent righteousness uh, you I, I give you a 50 percent righteousness and you um, I'm sorry I'm gonna have to go back down to 12 percent on you <laughs> or, or then I'm going to give this this one over here an upgrade uh, we're going to give you a 75 percent righteousness and and then someone, oh, you did really good. So we'll give you a 98%. Well, you go to hell with 98, you go to heaven with 100%. Hallelujah. Why? Because his righteousness is a gift. In other words, it's not earned by your efforts. The devil is very tricky. I said, the devil is very tricky. He's very manipulative. He tries to get you to think that you are not good enough. You're, you don't quite measure up. You don't quite meet up. And it doesn't matter who you are. The devil can start, he's like a snake, slither in and try to suggest to you that you're less than who God says you are. And so let me encourage you. Let your voice, let your voice declare, hallelujah, who God says you are. He says, no, not somebody else said, not just Pastor David said, not just another preacher said, God said. So, when we hold up our Bible and say, this is God speaking to me, we're not just doing this cliche. We're not just doing this uh, as a habit. This is just a nice habit, and we got got our form. No, we really do believe this is God speaking to us, and God is talking to you today, and God is telling you that you are 100% righteous. 100% righteous means you qualify for heaven. It means you qualify in God's sight you are right you are approved you are accepted you belong to Jesus God himself by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ he has washed you clean and your sins have been washed away and he does not remember your sins today he doesn't remember your iniquities today no they've been washed right out of you and you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ and you stand before God as righteous in his sight now I understand you got a few problems in your life I understand you've got flesh wrapped around your spirit. I understand you've got a natural mind and you have to deal with your thoughts. And we, we, we can deal with those things later. But right now, we're looking at your spirit. This is an x-ray picture. This is not a photograph. We're looking at an x-ray picture of the inside of you, of who God made you to be in your spirit, in your inner man. And if you will identify yourself with Jesus and see that you've been identified with Jesus Christ, then then you are literally the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're not outside of him. You're in him. You're not far away from him. You're in him. You're not trying to get to him. You're in him. You're not hoping one day you're going you're to get to touch him. You're in him. And if you're in him... According to this verse, you are the righteousness of God in him or in union with him. Praise God forever. And you are as righteous today as the day you were saved. You are as righteous today as the day you were saved. And so righteousness is a gift. Everybody say gift. Wow, that's good news. Hallelujah to Jesus. Somebody say, that's good news. news. Wow, I'm still reviewing. But y'all weren't here in the 10 o'clock service. Let's go to Romans chapter 10, please. Romans chapter 10, we'll try to how the two services together, best we can by the grace of God. The main thing is that you get yours. The Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, so here in Romans chapter ten it says in verse eight, but what saith it? And I, I just, I'm going to back up and I'm going to go ahead and read this other verses. Verse six. But the righteousness of God, which is of faith, speaks on this wise. In this way. Say not in in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Why does he say, don't say who's going to ascend to heaven and bring Christ down? Or go into the deep and bring Christ up? The reason he says, don't say that, is it's already done. So a lot of times we're trying to do what God's already done. In our natural minds and our natural reasoning, we got to figure out how we can be good enough. Hallelujah to Jesus. And we're trying to figure out how we can be accepted with God. Thank you, Jesus. But I want you to know the blood of Jesus was sufficient. The blood of Jesus is the only way you're going to be right with God. And the blood of Jesus has come, and the blood of Jesus has been applied and the blood of Jesus has cleansed you and the blood of Jesus has made you righteous and faith in that blood will hold you in that steady place. So he said in verse 8, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. He said, We're preaching the word of faith. And he said, This word is in your heart and in your mouth, and it needs to be in both places. Yeah, and he tells you why it needs to be in your heart and your mouth. Verse 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus or Jesus is Lord and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be what? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead you shall be saved. Well, if you're believing that he was raised from the dead, you must have believed that he died. And if you believed he died, there must have been a purpose for him dying. And the purpose was for your salvation, your deliverance, and for your righteousness. Amen. Verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the heart man believes unto righteousness. So righteousness, according to this verse, comes by believing. Believing what? Believing that God raised Jesus from the dead. How many believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? Raise your hand in the room. You believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And that's how you become righteous. He believes unto righteousness. With a mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And this morning, most everyone drove a car or rode in a car to get to the church so you drove to the church or you rode to the church that was your vehicle the way you got to the church the way you get to righteousness is by believing that was the vehicle that gets you to this thing this relationship with God righteousness in its simplest form is just a right relationship with God A right relationship with God. So how did you get to that point of right relationship with God? Did you earn it? Did you do enough good works? Were you nice to your neighbor? Uh, Were you a good uh, co-worker? Were uh, you doing nice things to people in your uh, community? Uh, No, no. All of those things are good. But that's not how you became righteous. You became righteous by believing unto righteousness. This is your relationship with God. It is a spiritual connection with God. In union with Christ, the righteousness of God in Him. So that is the beginning of your relationship with God. The moment you're born again, the moment you receive eternal life, the moment uh, you are saved, you receive this gift of righteousness. Romans 5, 17 clearly states it to be a gift. Those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Gift implies that you didn't earn it. Gift implies that you didn't work for it. Gift implies that you did not attain to it by self-effort. You received it by faith. We understand that there's another side of the fruit of righteousness and the uh, outworking of what you are or who you are on the inside and it being displayed on the outside. But if you don't get this one right, the other will not work right. right. And sometimes you thought you had it right and you figured out you were leaning more on your own efforts than you than you thought and you have to go back to the foundation if you want to build a building you got to start with a foundation redemption is your foundation jesus christ is referred to as the chief cornerstone so you're going to have to take all your measurements from him because if you don't you're going to be way off course you're going to be on somebody else's property building a house, and they'll say thank you because it's on their land. But if you make all your measurements from the chief cornerstone, Christ, he's that, he is the cornerstone from which we take all our measurements. Redemption just tells you who Jesus is and tells you who you are in him. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so you're listening so good, I want to preach longer. (laughs) But you know that I can't. I'm limited in my time. So I'm just going to wind it up with this one. Verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith... Whosoever believeth in him, whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. In other words, God removes your shame. God remo- removes your shame. Shame will shame you to hell. The devil will shame you as long as you will allow him to. He is a master at it, but Jesus is a master. I said Jesus is the true master, and you're the workmanship of God, and God is at work in you to will and do of his good pleasure. So righteousness, according to W. Vine, says this, the man who trusts in Christ becomes the righteousness of God in him. He becomes in Christ all that God requires a man to be and all that he could never be in himself. I know you got that, but I'm going to give it to you again. The man who trusts in Christ becomes the righteousness of God in him. He becomes in Christ all that God requires a man to be and all that he could never be in himself. You become all that God requires a man to be when you become the righteousness of God. You become all that God requires a man to be and all that you could never be. In yourself. So true humility is when you acknowledge that it is absolutely nothing that you have done that makes you righteous. But it is what Jesus has done for you by the shedding of his blood, the giving of his life, the soul, the the pouring out of his soul unto death, the giving of himself. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in all three parts. He covered everything. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement to give us peace was on him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Everything was included in redemption. God didn't leave any part of you out. Your spirit, your soul, your body was included in redemption. And much, much more. So today, don't leave here ashamed. But leave here with your head up. With your heart engaged in praise and thanksgiving to God. For his amazing grace. His amazing grace that makes you right with God, which means I can talk to the Father. I can fellowship with Him freely. I can know that I have peace with God. I've been justified by faith and have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God is my very own Father. He loves you more than you know.